0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air. The
1: 2022 ODT Dunedin Arts Festival is taking over the city from the 12th to the 24th of October with an unmissable programme of the very finest in creative talent from New Zealand and abroad. This year's lineup will wow first timers and festival aficionados alike, with an incredible range of music, cabaret, theatre, circus, dance, comedy, visual arts, and more. Secure your tickets today from the Dunedin Arts and the Regent Theatre box office. The 2022 ODT Dunedin Arts Festival, October 12th to the 24th.
2: Well, a highlight of the Dunedin Arts Festival theatre programme will undoubtedly be A Boy Called Piano, which tells part of the life story of Whamawana John Luafutu, more particularly his time as a state ward in the 1960s. It expands on a family story that first came to light with the creation of the acclaimed stage work The White Guitar, which featured Whamawana and his sons Matthias and Malo, whom many of you will know as rap artist Scribe. It's a production that's taken an interesting and multi-directional path on its way to Ōtipote, Dunedin. Let's find out more with Nina Walawalo, Artistic Director and Co-Founder of Wellington-based Pacific Theatre Company, The Conch, and producer Catherine Wyeth. Uh, Kia ora, good to have both of you with us.
0: Oh, bula lovely to lovely to be with you.
2: Nina, let's start with you. What was your first introduction to the Lua Futu family and its story?
0: A great question, um, sort of nine years ago, but no, it's actually over 20 years. Uh, Tom McCrory, who's the executive producer of The Conch, um, and my husband, he was the um, head of movement at the Toi Fukare New Zealand Drama School, and Matthias um, came through as a student, and um, and he, you know, like some students, they don't always make it all the way through, and, and he had different struggles. And within his, within the sort of beginning of the third year, he left, and he left this book in uh, Tom's Pigeonhole, A Boy Called Broke, and it was his father's book, Fatmoana's book, that he wrote in jail, and it was his sort of way of explaining, you know, why he couldn't sort of, go on with the course and what his life was, a whole background into his life. And um and we had that book on our bookshelf for a long time. And then when we were looking for what's the right story, we um, you know, we sort of rediscovered it and that and we reconnected with Matthias and that opened up um a great relationship uh, with the Christchurch Arts Festival actually that commissioned it for themselves being a Christchurch family. and and looking at the fact that um you know Fat playing um telling a gen- their, his generational story and um and that sort of birthed the white guitar and we sort of it started in the 1950s when he first came as a child and it went all the way through um to the Christchurch earthquake which was you know that sort of real significance for the city itself mm. and um from that relationship and the touring um, you know, the Boy Called Piano sort of came from the white guitar in the sense of putting a lens further into a specific moment of when he was a child in state care. Yeah. So that's it's sort of in a nutshell.
2: Catherine, you came to the conch a little further along the track. Yes, that's right.
3: I um, I came into the conch whanau in 2019, When they had already, Tom and Famwana had already written the script for the play, A Boy Called Piano, and they were in, we were in sort of early development leading up to the development season. So I I came in to produce the development season of the work. And it's been such a privilege to, you know, to be in that position of being able to be in the room and alongside Nina and Tom and Famwana and Matthias and Tane Famwana's grandson, and their whole Iyenga, as they just with such courage and grace, bring this third true story into the light. And, you know, it's it's such a, a deeply meaningful thing and so, so brave to share this story because, you know, it's um the revelations that they make had at the time never been made before. And um, the country was in complete denial about the, you know, atrocities of the boys' homes. And um so for if I wanted to stand there as a survivor, and in his authentic voice and as a master storyteller alongside Nina and her you know, incredible craft to weave this beautiful story um, and present it in that way, it truly it truly just raises the visibility of survivors, um, and that's what's been so meaningful to be involved in this journey is that you really feel that people who see it, who've been on that journey themselves, do truly feel seen and represented, and that's very much what Fatmohan had wished by telling the story, by sharing the story, was to be a voice for all of those voiceless survivors
2: who had never gotten that chance. Yeah, the timing is really interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, politically and otherwise, uh, with the Royal Inquiry into Abuse into Care being so topical now, but, but Nina, you can't have known just how the stars were going to align in that regard in terms of it being such a topical uh, issue now.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it is absolutely amazing. I mean, in two nineteen, when we did the development season at BATS, um, the Royal Commission, uh, you know, really heard about the play and all of the commissioners and a huge team flew down from Auckland because they... You know, they saw it as a they came to look at it to do with the material, but then they asked to partner with us because they realised it was a really great vehicle to um, to have a man who's willing to tell a story, who is a survivor, and um, and how to get that story out to other survivors and how to encourage people to come forward. And it's actually, you know, it's a theatre piece, it's a documentary. Now, it's about finding the light. It's 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 of course it's going to be some things that are very harrowing and all of the things, but it's about um, the positivity of going through darkness and, and always looking for hope. And, you know, having Mark Vunilau, of course, who's the renowned Dave Dobbins pianist, um, there on the baby grand, it's to put the poetry and the lyrical um, around something. So it's uplifting and it's not yeah because it 's about how you um, look at the truths that lay right under the surface, but how how you weave something together to and to be able to look at it in a sense or discuss it you know.
2: COVID has played its hand in so much of the performing arts. In this case, the production had to pivot significantly just when it was first set to tour. And the result was you got to tell the story in different ways. Uh, in, a, in an odd way, you know, is that something that you now are happy about? Catherine, perhaps you could ask, answer that one.
3: Oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was remarkable to have that, to have the opportunities that we had, you know, at the advent of the whole pandemic when everything was closing down to be able to just leap, you know, sideways and think, how can we how can we share the story? How can we get it out, get it out there in another form? And um, we really, you know, we had that wonderful key partnership with the Performing Arts um Network of New Zealand with PANS, who kept their investment in what would have been the tour, and that enabled us to kind of really go, okay, well, we've got that seed funding, how can we do it? And so we, we partnered um, alongside them and Radio New Zealand to make an audio drama of the play, and that was broadcast in 2020 and broadcast to thousands of listeners who might not have accessed the story any other way. So it was really thrilling to to know that the story was reaching such a wide audience uh, in those covid times and then of course we went forward with making the documentary film and um that was a really remarkable two year journey and while the, and it's quite a different piece of work than the play the play is very much kind of inside that um as Nina said, you know, shining this light, this very specific lens of a moment in time of when Famawana was a child, alongside his good friends, his Maori mates, Pee-Wee and Wheels. Um, whereas the documentary really looks at Fatimawana's journey in the light of the intergenerational impacts of his experiences on his son and his grandson, and their whole journey as a family. To healing through the pathway of the creative arts, so it's um it it's really been such a special journey, and of course we just recently finished our rollout through the New Zealand International Film Festival, where we got to screen throughout Aotearoa and present the story to um you know to audiences around the country, and we also secured sponsorship for hundreds of survivors in their faro to come and engage. the story and see the film so that was really really special.
2: Accepting that they, they do stand alone, have the radio production and the film documentary film production offered anything to the current stage production in terms of any tweaks or interpretations?
0: Oh absolutely because I think you know when you're able to hear the story in a different form you learn you know you learn so much about um the refining of you know the refining of, of, of the way something's told so definitely with the radio play we it it made us really look at the structure of how we were telling it. Um and also with the documentary, I think that um relationship of film and live performance is so interesting. Um and so we're using some of the film footage within the um within the our design and within the av design of the play so um so yeah i mean we you know one learns so much um in any realm of storytelling so it's actually a wonderful gift that we are able to you know return to the live and and bring all of that learning um with us yeah
2: music too and that was always part of this but why
0: uh, well, I suppose um, music, because, um, you know, we're trying to get to the soul of people. We're trying to... Um you know piano itself, like a boy called piano uh, piano was um john 's mother 's first love when they were in Samoa and he was called piano and the fact that we have the piano uh, as a ca- it 's a, a character as well it 's like um it's a composition which uh, runs alongside the action, but it 's also um, the female voice um, and um And I suppose from the white guitar, when we had that beautiful opportunity to work with Scribe and the music and the weaving together of um, live music and performance is a beautiful, it's a potent uh, mix. And so I really wanted to, um, you know, honour that and bring the piano live in there. Um, Yeah.
2: Each performance must come with its own impact on cast, on audience—is there a chance to debrief, and and how significant is that,
3: Catherine? Yes, that's um that's a great question, and something that we've been very mindful of throughout the process of making the work in all the various forms um, as we've taken this journey is to really keep that safety and care and protection around the family, because sharing the story does come at a cost famoana and and his hoiang do have to relive these moments that they reveal um and you know while they've become very adept at that and they hurdle you know that um that history with tremendous grace it still means you know they do have to relive things which are very very hard so we are very mindful of placing that kind of care and protection and well-being Around them, around the family, and around us as a creative team, as we travel, you know, with the story, and also absolutely around the audience and around the viewers. Some, I mean, people who come and see, who came and seen the development, people who've come and seen the screenings, um, they've been deeply impacted, profoundly impacted, and I think especially if they have members of the Ryan Farno who've been through similar experiences or been through similar experiences themselves it can be a lot, a lot to process so that um, the conscious is always very focused on Talanoa, on having the opportunities to engage directly with the family and the team, you know, in the space to speak directly. We really welcome that. So, and that happens, you know, at almost every performance where the audience members will stand up and mihi, the Luafutus, you know, just and share some of their responses. And that in itself, I think is deeply powerful and deeply healing, but we yeah, we are looking at various ways that we can place that protection at the screenings. We actually had the Royal Commission come alongside us to provide well-being support. So clinical support staff were available on site to speak to any audience members who might have needed required, you know, sort of immediate counselling. Nobody actually ended up really sort of needing that. they really were more keen to speak to um, Nina and Famwana and Matthias and, and, and the team. Um, but we are thinking to try to place that
2: kind of care and support around our audience as well, just so that there's there's good safety. So, you know, it's 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 heavy material. It's a, a, a massive uh, and important subject. It's a difficult one. It might be the kind of thing that might scare people away from theatre. So you... I imagine have also thought about the elements of hope and the elements of positivity that can be drawn from this story. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, why would one, you know, ask a man to go on the journey unless one is sort of looking to um, find a way through? And um, and when children, I mean, I suppose that sort of thing of children in state care, children in isolation, um, wanting to. Um, find the light around that, looking for a way forward. Um, I mean, my sort of personal brand, I suppose, um, is very much the visual world. and, um, And so the landscape of how we present it um, is we really take care of um, the sort of design and, like you say, with the piano and the poetry and the music. So you can – it doesn't mean you don't hit hard with something, but it's how you – what you weave around that. Um, and um, that's that's of such importance. And I think the depth of culture, the fact we've got two Māori characters and a Pacific character and they're all children, how we capture the feeling of children themselves – how children survive together, the bonds of things that are unbreakable when you go through um, some of your, you know, deep pain. Um, So there, we're all, you know, it is about healing, it is about hope, but um, it's also about allowing um, some of those real truths to come through and and I suppose that 's just the most wonderful thing you know recently, we were in Dunedin um, with the screening of the film, and you know there were people that came from one house, and different of course there's different facilities that you have there where people are in recovery and um, and so that ability to put their story. Um, you know, into your into the festival is um, it's it's really exciting, and it's not something that sort of think. Oh my God, it's going to you know it's going to tear you apart. It's it's all about how you um, make theatre, I suppose.
2: Just finally, and I know there's so much more we could talk about, but just finally, and I'll, I'll ask this of both of you. Um, perhaps starting with you, Catherine. What do you hope the lasting impact of these works, and I, I include. Um, you know, the works from the beginning. What lasting impact do you hope there will be from them? Well,
3: thank you, Jeff. Well, all of the conscious work is about um, harnessing the power of storytelling as a force for change, as a force for meaningful, positive social change. So that's very much been the focus and intention behind the crafting of all of these works. But I mean my, I guess my, I've got more knowledge about a boy called Piano, just having been inside the, you know, the journey with a boy Piano from nearly the beginning of the creation of this work. And we, we just, we really hope. Nina and Famwana have always been so clear in their hopes and their core purpose and and purpose of telling the story that it's about speaking directly to survivors to the people who got left behind who never broke free from the system who remain you know who who suffered experiences that led them into pathways of deprivation and hardship and crime and addiction and have never broken free to speak directly to those survivors and say there is another pathway there is There's a way out. There's a way for you to follow, to speak directly to children who are still inside the system that so that they can envision a future for themselves, which is different. Um, And also to speak to society and say, look, this is what happened. And it needs to be acknowledged. The truth needs to be acknowledged, and that's the only way that we can seek to heal as a as a nation, and seek to have greater compassion and tolerance for one another, and move towards a society which is more compassionate, and uh, move away from the normalisation of abuse of children, and um, yeah, just more move towards a, a kind of world, really. Thank you, Catherine,
2: Nina. Anything to add to that?
0: And um, I suppose visibility is something that's really important in the lands in the New Zealand landscape. Um, you know the commitment, I suppose, and the drive to tell Pacific stories. Myself being, you know, Wellington, Perth born, but half Fijian and half English, and and all of the different stories um, and plays that we've made over the years. Um, but this is, you know, it is political, and it's about having that freedom which the arts bring that you can have conversation or you can explore things that you may not be able to um, so much in the media and in different – and how things are represented. And um, so I suppose it's about bringing the voice of the voiceless. Um, It's about – um, the visibility of Pacific people and people that, you know, it's not just always the success stories. Sometimes we have to tell all those hidden stories. They're hidden for a reason, you know. Um, and I think it's really about that and healing. Um, and just sharing, uh, sharing that with the country. Um, which I just think brings great dialogue. And, you know, we have these wonderful pathways um, with um, the Royal Commission, with corrections, the idea to try and get it into prison. So it's the film that is. And so it's it's that vehicle. It's just that vehicle to be able to have a direct voice of a survivor speak for himself. Yeah, so it's exciting. We can, we, you know, we so look forward to um, bringing the story down to Dunedin.
2: A Boy Called Piano, performances at the Regent Theatre on October the 13th and at the Ōamaru Opera House on the 15th of October. Go to DunedinArtsFestival.co.nz to secure your tickets. Nina Nawalawala and Catherine Wyatt, thanks so much for taking some time to join us on Otago Access Radio.
0: Thank you so much for having us. Wonderful. Thank you. Kia ora. The
1: 2022 ODT Dunedin Arts Festival is taking over the city from the 12th to the 24th of October with an unmissable programme of the very finest in creative talent from New Zealand and abroad. This year's lineup will wow first timers and festival aficionados alike, with an incredible range of music, cabaret, theatre, circus, dance, comedy, visual arts, and more. Secure your tickets today from the dunedinartsfestival.co.nz and the Regent Theatre box office. The 2022 ODT Dunedin Arts Festival,
0: October 12th to the 24th. This podcast was produced by Or FM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand on the Air.